Welcome to Unstrictly Business, a podcast where we interview business owners about everything that helps them succeed, from business advice to self-care and everything in between. I'm your host, Callie, and each week we'll share a new episode with behind-the-scenes content that reveals what it's really like to run a successful business. Hello, beautiful Unstrictly Business listener. I am so excited to have you here, as I am every single episode, but this episode is a little bit special because this is actually our last episode of season two. I truly cannot believe that we are already at the end of season two, but I am just so grateful for all of you listeners, and I just wanted to take this last episode as a way to really communicate directly to you and just tell you how grateful I am for you being here. I truly just like look at the stats for this podcast and I wonder who each and every one of you are. And so if you listen to this podcast, whether you've listened to it for a while now or you're listening it for the first time today, I want to say thank you and come say hi. I would be so happy to have a DM from you telling me a little bit about you or like if you have any advice about going freelance or starting a business, I would be more than happy to answer and just chat with you because I, you listen to me talk your ear off every other week for an hour. So I just wanted to, I'm here to have you chat my ear off too. But this episode, I wanted to kind of talk a little bit more about me. I'm not really a solo episode podcast girl, if we're being honest. I don't really have the stamina for a solo podcast, so this episode is not going to be as long as my normal ones. Um, That being said, I'm just going to really take this time to kind of walk you through my business journey and how I've gotten to where I am today and what has changed since we started this podcast uh, over a year ago now and just give you the chance to hear a little bit more about what I'm doing because I know in the episode sometimes I'll talk a little bit about what I do but I just thought it'd be nice for you guys to learn a little bit more about me and what I've done as a completely normal business owner. A lot of the business owners we interview are really successful and I love interviewing them but I am able to live a life that I love based on the business that I run. And so even though I am not like a million dollar, 30 under 30 Forbes founder, I think that that's okay too. And that I am a big believer in living slowly and enjoying your day and your life week by week. And if you're and finding a business that fits in that with you. So I am not on the grind. I'm not hustling day to day. I'm just working for my business and what works for me and the life that I love. So I kind of just want to explain a little bit more about my journey. And if you're curious about starting freelancing or starting your own business one day, or like the path you need to take to living a life where you work remotely from wherever you want to be. Um, This is definitely a good episode to listen to because I had no idea what I was doing when I started out. And so I'm just going to kind of share a little bit about what I've learned and what I wish I knew. But let's start all the way back at the beginning. So like with all of our guests, I always like to ask them a little bit about their childhood because I think that the life your parents led and life you led as a little kid or high schooler even can really have an impact in the life that would work best for you today. So I grew up as the oldest of five kids and I had two parents that were both entrepreneurs and I low-key there was definitely benefits 
and negative sides to having entrepreneur parents. I definitely saw some of the harder sides of having an entrepreneur parent because I would see my parents struggle with money or struggle with owning a business or losing a client and that was hard. I did not sorry also I live on a street with a lot of scooters so you might hear scooters coming by from time to time but having two entrepreneur parents meant that we really did not have any stability when it came to jobs when the 2008 housing crisis came my dad was working in construction he owned a construction business my mom was working in as had her own practice as a speech therapist and it was not easy things were really hard we actually had our house foreclosed and we had to move and that was not easy for our family and i that was one of the reasons why i thought that i would never be an entrepreneur i thought that i would grow up one day to have a stable nine to five job because that was what would be easy but some of the benefits of having my parents as entrepreneurs meant that they got to oh my god these people are freaking shouting okay i just closed my window so hopefully that will be better but um some of the nice parts of having parents that were entrepreneurs meant that i got to have my parents come to my theater performances or my soccer games where like some of my friends that had parents that worked more nine to fives they weren't able to go to their after school events so that was something that was nice for me i growing up always loved travel i went abroad for the first time when i was in high school i went to kenya and then i went to jamaica and then i went to greece and these were all trips that i took on my own with my own money because i again having two parents with entrepreneurs things were not always easy for us and they couldn't just spend money on a big trip for me and i think that really gave me a sense of independence and a sense of learning to do things on my own that i wanted and so from that i just really learned that i can go after anything i want and sometimes it won't work out there were times where I couldn't take trips with my friends because I didn't have the budget to and my parents didn't have the budget to. But then there were other times where I applied to go to a summer camp in Greece and I got a full scholarship. And so then I was able to go to Greece for two weeks when I was 18. And I really think that that has influenced who I am as a business owner. But when I graduated high school, I had no idea what I wanted to do. All I knew was that I really liked writing and I loved my English classes. So I went to college as an English major. I kind of tried professional and creative writing. I way preferred my creative writing classes. My professional writing classes were so boring and you would learn how to write an email, which is fine and probably good technical skill, but just not my thing. So I realized that I probably didn't want to be a technical writer and I would rather do something more fun, except for I knew that fiction writers and trying to be an author was kind of looked down upon unless you were successful and was totally not easy. When I would tell people that I wanted to be a writer or that I was an English major, they would usually tell me that I had a rough road ahead of me which is not wrong. I don't think it's easy to be an author, but I think maybe not the best thing to tell someone in college when you're 50 years old, but that's besides the point. So I also minored in French, um, which I started taking in high school. And one of my French teachers told me about this program that she did after college called TAPIF, T-A-P-I-F. 
and she taught English in France for two years. And since I had no idea what I wanted to do after college, and a lot of my friends were going into like consulting or like helping, I can't remember the word, but like where basically you work for a company recruiting and they were making good money, but it just sounded so boring that I knew that was nothing that I ever wanted to do. And good for them to be able to live in a city that they liked and have a good income. But I was like, that will be a no for me. So I ended up moving to France after college, doing Tapif, and it was amazing. I loved teaching. I loved my students. I moved to a tiny little town called Francville Saint Pierre, which I'm sure you have never heard of, but it is outside the town of Rouen, which is the capital of Normandy, and just about an hour and 20 minutes outside of Paris. And it was great. I worked 12 hours a week. I did not work Fridays. I had a two-week break every six weeks. And honestly, life was good. I was just making life work from month to month, barely getting by on my tiny salary of $950 a month. But I was cafe hopping, going from a one euro cafe at one cafe to another euro cafe. I was taking really cheap trips to Paris on a five euro bus with my friends. And honestly, I feel like it was what I needed after college, just kind of being able to live and have fun after the stresses of constantly working in college and trying to get good grades and stuff. So it really worked for me. And I would definitely suggest to anybody that's considering they don't know if they want to do a nine to five job after school. Like I think at any time you can take a gap year or travel while you're trying to figure things out. I feel like it's something that you never regret, even though it wasn't always easy and it was kind of hard to move to a new city, especially a foreign one with literally nobody I know, but it was a hundred percent worth it. But when I was working as a teacher, I knew that I didn't really have a great income for what I wanted to do. I wanted to be able to travel and take two-week vacations, and I could barely afford one night of an Airbnb. So my friend reached out to me because a biotech company was hiring like a freelancer for marketing that you would just like send emails and like basically build up their email contact list and do edits on their website. And since I studied English, I was kind of able to do all of that writing work. And I ended up applying and getting the job. And so if you're looking to get into freelancing, my first advice is always look, ask people you know, like post on your Instagram story or post on Facebook or email the uncle you barely talk to and literally just use all of your resources and the, even the tiniest network you have, friends, family, old bosses, old coworkers, and see if they know of anybody that's hiring in the field you want to be in. Because I think that is a really good way to get in somewhere when you don't really have a lot of experience, but it's not the only way. And I will talk later about how I got my second job. But for this company, it was really basic work and it was fine. I liked my boss and my coworker. It was totally easy, did 10 hours a week, had like extra money to be able to travel. But I wasn't really passionate about the work that I was doing because this biotech company was specifically marketing to big pharma. And I do not really like big pharma. I am against a lot of things that they do and I won't get into that now. But I just knew that I wasn't really passionate about the things that I was selling and marketing and I wanted to find something different. So after working for them for about a year, I decided that I wanted to apply for something else. So I ended up joining this like business membership that 
I think was not really that worth it. But I, from that, I just like got a really clear vision of what I wanted to do. And I decided that I wanted to do more social media marketing because I was always a lover of Instagram. And I thought that I could maybe help another company have a better Instagram. So I ended up going to this website called Upwork. It's for freelancers and basically jobs get like businesses post jobs on there looking for temporary or long-term contracts and my number one advice when looking on a website like Upwork or Fiverr for freelance positions is to always niche down as much as you can so especially if you don't have experience so I literally had zero experience doing social media and besides personal experience but I have experience in other things and one of the things that I'm passionate about is yoga so when I was searching for jobs I would search social media yoga but you could search so many other things if you'd played tennis in high school you could do social media tennis like your preferred job title and I don't know vegetarian because you're a vegetarian like I think the fact that you're passionate about a subject can actually play a really big part in you getting the job and I to this day think that me having done yoga all over the world and Having done yoga since high school is one of the reasons why I got this job with no experience in social media. But I ended up working for this girl named Lauren. She was managing two yoga studios and she needed someone to basically write captions, choose photos for Instagram and Facebook, and then write blog posts from time to time. I got paid $12.50 an hour, but Upwork takes 20%, so I really got paid $10 an hour. But honestly, it was all I really needed. I had enough money to pay my bills and my rent, and this was just money for me to travel and go shopping and take the random trip to Sephora or the French pharmacy. So it really was okay for me, and I always suggest kind of testing the waters of freelance and business owning while you have a more stable position because. Even though you can go all in with this kind of stuff, it can make it more stressful if you are scrambling for a job, scrambling for a new client when like you don't have anything to pay your bills. And I feel like it can make the search be like more desperate, which I don't think always helps you in your search. So I ended up doing this work like outside of my teaching work and I really liked it. I thought that it was fun to do like hashtag research and I learned a lot about social media from Lauren and just about like what posts worked well, like what made people engage, like things like, I don't know, one time I did this one post about like having people post their birthdays and we would like give them like a yoga pose to do or something, like what month they were born in and like based on that we would give them a yoga pose. Like people love unfortunately and not unfortunately but people love talking about themselves I am recording a podcast right now about myself like people can talk about themselves forever and I think that when you can get someone to talk about themselves it's like a really good thing and that's the whole point like when you have start a conversation with someone like you're interested in learning more about them and that is really what social media is like I think that we get caught up in all these like rules and hashtag strategy and like doing xyz to get xwp results and it's really about treating the people that you're communicating with like a real person like being authentic being vulnerable and showing people what you're doing on a day-to-day basis like would this person want to be friends with your account 
if they just came across you and all that you're trying to do is sell stuff in their face, like push something onto them, probably not. I wouldn't personally want to be friends with someone that's constantly trying to sell me something. That's just not really that interesting. But if their friend is giving me value, is giving me a place to talk and like comment on their photo about this really cool yoga destination I went to, like that for me is valuable. So If you're trying to grow your business through social media, I just think treat it like it's a friend. Treat all of your followers like they're friends and you want to be their friend. I just think people want to interact with other human beings and that's not always easy to find on social media. So anyway, I ended up working for this yoga studio and Lauren for a little, for over a year. So at this point, this is... Um, March, no, this is January of 2020. So I graduated in May 2018. I worked from December 2018 to December ish 19 for the biotech company. And then starting in February, I started working for Lauren. And so I worked for Lauren for about a year. And then I kind of just realized that there was no upward mobility with that, which is one of the struggles of like finding clients is that there's no promotion. If you, I'm making $12 an hour, like, yes, I can ask for a raise. But if my business, the person that's hired you, like only has X amount of budget, there's no real way to get paid more. And it got to the point where I was writing captions and it was so easy for me. It was no longer a challenge. In the beginning, it was fun to come up with a new challenge, like a new caption idea. It was fun to see how the people would respond, but eventually just got to the point where I was writing these captions so easily that it wasn't really a challenge for me anymore. And like, there was no manager of that job. There was nobody that was going to replace me. And I was going to like be more in charge of creative strategy or branding. Like that was always going to be my job unless I left that job and found a new one. So I was always like keeping the feelers out as I constantly am to this day and as I think everyone should always be for new opportunities and so I ended up working for this I ended up like randomly seeing this girl on Facebook talk about how she was looking for somebody that could write confidently in another language and one of the languages was French and after at this point this is like December 2020 no December 2019 and I have lived in France for over a year now and I feel confident about writing about French culture, French language. And so I respond saying that I would be really interested in like learning more about this opportunity. And she tells me that one of her friends works at Rosetta Stone and their blog is looking for bloggers, which I, as you know, always wanted to be a writer. And I actually, when I moved to France, started this blog called Not So Secret, where I wrote about the not-so-secret beauty, wellness, like, secrets that I was, like, making not secret anymore <laughs> um, that I discovered on my travels. So, like, pharmacy products that I would find or, like, stories that I had with, like, old great grandmas, like, that, I don't know, were enlightening to me. And this is another piece of advice I have for you if you want to be a freelancer or start your own business is start now, whether you're getting paid or not. So even though like I came across this Rosetta Stone job through somebody that I knew, I think the fact that I got it is because I had already started working like in the same field because my the guy who interviewed me who ended up being my boss, he was able to look at my blog and see 
what I had written. And he ended up even buying one of the blog posts from me. And it just goes to show that I have seen so many people just like start social media for fun or start a blog for fun. And yes, like on my blog, I had like maybe 10 email subscribers. I probably got 20 views sometimes up to 50 on the blog post I got so no I was this blog was not paying my bills but that is not the point if you want to go and be an artist like start drawing and posting on social media today like if you want to go and like I don't know like teach English abroad like start teaching English in your hometown like start giving free classes in your library like I think that it doesn't always have to be about the money in the beginning, but more about the experience and that unpaid experience. Like make your own internship, like make a really cool experience for yourself that you can talk about in a job interview. Because even though before Rosetta Stone, I did not have any paid writing blogging experience professionally. Like, yes, I wrote captions. Yes, I would sometimes write blog posts for this yoga studio. I had never written for a company as big as Rosetta Stone or a publication that thousands of people read and so I did not know if I would get the job but because Ian my boss was able to go on my blog and read the posts that I write and see the kind of style I had he was able to more confidently hire me so yeah so I ended up getting hired for Rosetta Stone I was really stressed because I had no idea how much to charge this is a constant struggle as a freelancer is that you will look up how much you should charge and there is a range from like 15 to 250 dollars per hour and that is not very easy to choose a number between those things especially if you've had no paid experience so basically I just did a ton of research online and I found this like one blog post about like how much bloggers get paid per blog post and it started at like five dollars like basically like really poorly written like could be copywritten material for like a blog post and then we got up to like $50 and it was like pretty good quality but like not a ton of experience whatever and ended up getting up to $250 and this was like a strong writer like probably studied writing and I truly felt like whatever she explained the $250 blog post was like the best one and related most to me and even though like I didn't have paid writing experience and I don't think that really should matter like I've been writing for so long and I speak French fluently which is not something you can learn overnight and so I think that played into how I wanted to pay myself as well so I ended up asking for $250 because I was like I'm just gonna ask for the top because like they can always ask They can always say no, that's way too much. So I said that I would want to be paid $250 per post and he ended up being like, actually, like, I think we're going to pay you $350 per post. So like, I didn't even get in the range of what they were wanting to pay me, which is just a lesson to always ask for as much as you think you deserve. Like, obviously you don't have to like ask for more than you think is reasonable, but I had never worked for a business with a budget as big as Rosetta Stone. And so they had the money to pay their bloggers like a high quality rate. And I'm sure that if I had asked for $400, he probably would have given it to me. And so um, I'm really grateful for Ian that he gave me $350 and didn't just be like, oh, we're going to save money and give her like lower than all the other bloggers are getting paid. But always like do your research or even 
I don't know. I mean, like, reaching out to strangers and asking how much they get paid is maybe not the best idea, but maybe reaching out to friends or, like, mutual friends of people and being like, hey, I have no idea what to charge. And especially if they're freelancers, I'm sure they've had the same issue and would be happy to help. I mean, that's why I'm talking about my pricing right now because I have struggled with that in the past, but... Yeah, so I ended up working for Rosetta Stone and it was truly the most amazing job. I would just write all the time and ended up like some months making like $6,000 just from writing blogs. And it was truly crazy. I Part of the reason was because like when I started working for them, it was COVID. And so they like everybody was stuck at home and so bored. And so one of the things we started doing was we did this like thing that they came up with called cabin fever reliever challenge where I would write things that you could do to like learn language from home and I ended up getting paid up to like four I got ended up getting paid like four hundred dollars per blog post at one point because I said that I could make graphics for them and I suggested that maybe we could do a video to go along with it and that was like help what like made me be able to pay, get make up to like six thousand dollars a month at one point um because I suggested new things so that is another thing you can always do is like if you have a new idea I think you should always share it with your boss but yeah it was a really amazing gig but eventually what happened was that Rosetta Stone ended up like getting their CEO like the company got like re completely reworked and so like basically everyone from the company got laid off and that is one of the things I wish I knew before I started freelancing was that you are really at the bottom of the totem pole. So if they're laying off people, you are going to be gone in one second. So with freelancing, like I did not realize this in the beginning. And when I was making these like amazing months, I was like, okay, also um, I'm trying to be better, but I was not that good with money management. And so I was like, oh my gosh, this money, like I can do it to pay for my website, which is what I did. And like, I'm going to be able to like live so much better now that I'm making this much money. And like, because at the end of the day, another thing you have to include in freelance pricing is like, you don't have health insurance. You don't have PTO. You don't have money going aside for emergence or for um, retirement. Like there's a lot of benefits work, like money worked into the rate that you make for a corporate job that is not included as a freelancer. So for example, I save 20% of every single dollar I make for taxes because that's about the tax rate that I have to pay with income and federal taxes. And then in the US, the average price of health insurance is $500 a month or $400, somewhere in that range. So that is another big chunk of change that you have to save from your salary. If I ever take a vacation and I'm not working, I'm not getting paid for those days. So if I want to take a break, I have to save for that money that I want to do. So if you're trying to think of your rate, I would 100% suggest like factoring those things into it. Like how much money you need to save for PTO for you to be able to take X amount of vacation days. How much money do you need to save for your health insurance? How much money do you need to save for your taxes? And then picking your rate because... When I was making $10 an hour, I was really probably making like $4 an hour because I had to save $2 for taxes, like money for health insurance, whatever. You guys get the picture. So anyway, with Rosetta Stone, I just kind of thought like, wow, this is amazing opportunity. This is like what freelancing is. But by November of 2020, like pretty much everything had come to a halt and I was like barely writing anymore. I wrote my last blog post in December 2020 and it was 
a sad time because I truly didn't know that it would just stop so suddenly. That's the thing with freelancers is like it's not a contract where you get two weeks notice. There's no like severance pay. You just like one month you're making $6,000 a month and the next month you're making like 500 So that is not really easy to deal with. And I ended up like going back on Upwork and trying to find like other opportunities. But I would say that was a more, a little bit of more difficult time for me. But I ended up getting this other position for a social media marketing position. And this was like really my first time doing social media marketing on my own. But I ended up working with this company and I, they wanted three businesses to be social media marketing for. And so I ended up doing, making a package for them for blogging and social media for their three accounts on Instagram and Facebook and for everything charging about $2,600. And this is like a biggish, bigger business. And so they have the budget for that. And that is like, if you look it up, a pretty normal price for six social media accounts and that really saved the day but and that I started working for them in November of 2020 and so basically right when I stopped working for Rosetta Stone I started working for this company and I am of the big like a true big believer in like trusting that everything will be okay and like I have my mood my vision board like I'm big into affirmations like I think that your mindset is really important when it comes to this kind of stuff. I actually, one of the episodes that I shared not that long ago, I kind of, I dove into the importance of mindset and like negative self-talk as a business owner. So I would 100% listen to that episode. I'll link it in the show notes if you're interested in that, because I think that that is really important, especially when you're completely on your own. So yes, ended up working for that company and I still work with them and it's definitely like my most stable income and so I ended up finding this company like through a family friend but I think that if you're looking for a position like this I would look on like LinkedIn or another like job board like ilovecreatives.com I have had good opportunities with them I ended up like working, writing blog posts for a Brooklyn food blogger that I found on Upwork. I got paid $250 per blog post for her. And I worked for a tea company where I was getting paid, like, I was getting paid $1,000 a month, but I was writing like 12 blog posts a month, which was like, (laughs) did not match up, but it was a really small company. And I was like willing to take a pay doc because I thought that this was going to be like an ongoing relationship and I was really loved this company. I was actually following them on Instagram before I came across their blog post or their job post. But again, with these two companies, like both of them kind of cut me off randomly and not for like any fault of my own because I was doing my job 100% okay, but both of them because of budget issues. So I think the thing is, is like when you work with a small business is that they don't have the same regular income as like a big corporate company. And I'm not saying that is their fault because it is hard as a small business to just like be able to keep going and pay your bills and bringing someone on the team is not easy. But it's also not really fair to me or freelancers in general that like 
from one week you can go to being like actually like we loved how you were so excited and then like being like oh like we don't really need you anymore or like we don't have the budget anymore to be able to pay for this um if there's not like instant results because for one of the companies I was that I was doing the tea company that I was doing SEO blogging for like SEO blogging it can take like up to six months to see results and I also didn't choose to do that I was like just being hired as a marketing assistant and I said that I could do like all of these things and they were the one that like chose for me to do that and so like maybe I don't know maybe my work was not great but that's not what she told me so yeah I think that is definitely something to know as well is that you can be in a really exciting cool opportunity but like you always should have money saved for like a bad month because it's possible that your client come to you and be like ah actually I don't need this or oh like I actually don't need the this blog post this week like For example, I actually got a really exciting job as a producer with Skillshare and I started working for them in January and it's been really, really awesome. But again, um, I was supposed to work a shoot for them and it ended up getting canceled. No fault of Skillshare's, but that just stinks for me because that project was about $3,000 that would be going in my pocket and that I had budget to receive next month and now I won't be receiving because the person canceled and I don't have a salary so if something goes wrong a project isn't needed anymore there goes all that money that I was planning on receiving so obviously don't count your chickens before they're hatched but it can be a struggle. So on the money side of things, I would say, I actually will also link this blog post that I wrote for Create and Cultivate called How to Budget on a Variable Income. I interviewed this money uh, coach. She is amazing and she kind of shares a little bit about her expertise about how to budget on a variable income and just also like price yourself based on that. So obviously like don't double your price because like you might have a bad month, but include a little bit of extra cushion in your rate if you think that maybe this person is going to like not work with you in a few months or consider doing a retainer where they pay you all up front or agreeing putting in your contract that they cannot end the contract without one month's notice or paying you for that month like I think that there's a lot of different ways to go around that but I would definitely when you're freelancing try to have that conversation with the person and to try to like figure out a way that they can't just like drop you at the last moment because now like this has happened with me with three different companies one big and two small but actually four if you count Skillshare but Skillshare is a really exciting opportunity that I ended up finding through this website called Story Hunter and Rosetta Stone when I was working for them they ended up like for some reason putting my blog post on Story Hunter, which is like a website for like videographers, like producers, any sort of content producer, I guess. And I would randomly get job opportunities from them. And sometimes I would apply, sometimes I wouldn't. And I applied for this job with with Skillshare, not really knowing how much, like if I was ever going to get this job, but I did. Um, and at this point now, I've been talking for 36 minutes and I I'm a little bit surprised by that so I'm gonna get to the end we are basically to where I am now which is April 2022 and things are going pretty well I really love my new job with Skillshare and I'm still doing social media and I've started doing like my own social media and so I've been doing like some TikTok and I actually just got 
my second gifted collaboration, which I'm really excited about. And maybe I can do a story on social media eventually. But the interesting thing is, is that I never really talk about my social media, digital marketing business on social media. So a lot of times like I'll see people advertising their jobs on social media which is great but this just goes to show that like you really don't need to like have social media to have this job like I don't have an email list I don't have a social media like I've just found these jobs through job boards like I found these jobs through word of mouth I've found these jobs through like an Instagram person that I follow posting on their story like I think that you if you're looking for different jobs like this, like look on places like Upwork and Fiverr, look on job boards like LinkedIn, I Love Creatives, and then follow people you love and brands you love and look on their websites and see if they're hiring on their website and follow influencers that are maybe looking for assistance. Like put yourself in the realm you want to be in. Be the person that you already want to be. Like when I wanted to be a writer, I started that blog post and I was keeping my eyes peeled for opportunities like sorry I said started that blog post but I meant started that blog like if you just like start pretending that you are the person that you want to be like start doing the job that you want to have if you're not getting paid for it start surrounding yourself with people either in real life or on social media that have the job you want to have or in the realm of life that you want to have like I truly think that until you put yourself into the life you want to be in like for me moving to France and traveling you're not going to have the same opportunities that you want like I don't I never would have gotten this Rosetta Stone or a Skillshare job I never would be able to be a paid blogger with no experience likely if I didn't have like my French if I wasn't living in France and had my French skills, like I really think not saying you have to move abroad to get a job, but until you put yourself into the life you really want to live, I just don't think the opportunities are going to come your way because they're not going to be aligned with you. Like they might be aligned with the life that you want, but they're not going to be aligned with the life you currently live. So until you're living a life that is aligned with the job that you want, I don't think those opportunities are going to come to you as easily or be as easily easy to get but that is pretty much the end of my story I can't believe that I talked for this long by myself and I can't believe that you got to the end if you did thank you for always for listening and I hope that this was helpful for you if you're looking to like start your own business or be a freelancer I think Like I said, my biggest piece of advice is to just start now. I have a blog post on my blog also about like my top tips for entrepreneurs that I will also link in the show notes um, that I think is important. But I think just like start doing stuff like and if it's hard for you to do things, I would try reading the book Atomic Habits. I think that is a good one. But I think you just really need to just go after it and start doing things you like start telling yourself you're the per- you're the person you are even if you're not like when you're washing the dishes tell yourself that you're a business owner tell yourself that you're good with money like put affirmations all over your mirror like make your vision board like wake up in the morning and write your affirmations down in your journal whatever works for you but i think you have to convince yourself you're the type of person that lives the life you want to live and I'm living the life I want to live. I'm living abroad and traveling and taking a trip to Amsterdam and being able to work from wherever I want. And I think that's really special and I wouldn't give it up 
even for all of the extra pain that comes along with business owning and freelancing. I mean, we just got through tax season, horrible, (laughs) but it's okay. We made it through being let go from multiple different positions, like not always knowing how I was going to pay my rent at the end of the month, like racking up some credit card bills as well. Like I want to be completely open and honest with you guys. I don't think this is the easiest life, but it is a hundred percent the life that I would choose over and over because I get to do what I want every day. Like I get to wake up and choose what time I want to wake up, where, if I want to eat breakfast here or go out, if I want to take a walk in the middle of the day, like if I forgot to grocery shop yesterday, like I can go now. Oh, a doctor's appointment at 2 PM. Like, no, I don't have to ask my boss. I just have to look at my calendar. I think that that is worth it to me, but I think you should figure out if it's worth it to you to take the risks of business owning and freelancing. Um, I think you can always go back to things and if you have parents or friends that would let you crash on their couch for a few weeks, like I think it's worth the risk. But that is the end. I can't believe I just rambled on for that long. But again, thank you for listening and please feel free to reach out with any questions or clarifications if I glossed over things. Also, I just have one ask for you. If you've made it to this end of the end of this episode, truly <laughs> congratulations for listening to talk for 42 minutes. But if you would please leave a review, I know that I get a good amount of listeners and I have only, I mean a good amount, we, I get like 100 people listening mostly for most of my episodes and I only have three reviews and I know every single one of them and even if I know you, I would be really happy to hear your review, but I just don't know how to continue on this podcast without knowing what you feel about it. But for season three... I will quickly touch on this. We are still doing interviews, but I'm also going to start getting some other experts in here to talk about like wellness and business related things. So um, just because I think it's will be interesting, like more interesting content for you to like learn from not just business owners, but I'm really excited about starting doing that and I can't wait to share and thank you every single one of you. I'm going to say thank you like 5,000 times and I can't wait to see you in season three. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Unstrictly Business. Want to learn more about how you can create a successful business of your own? Visit our website, dowelldepartment.com. Dowell, D-E-P-T, dot com. See you next week.